0: Good evening, everyone, and
1: welcome to episode 93 of the Retrospectives podcast, Blade Runner. My name is Patrick Arthur, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, James Turlings. James, I was shocked, absolutely shocked to hear that you listened to me and actually watched the movie Blade Runner. I wouldn't pick this as a film that you would actually enjoy. How did you what did you think of it in the end?
0: Yeah, it was okay, I guess. <laughs> um, you're kind of kind of right there that I thought it was just okay. Um, atmosphere-wise, it was great. Um, but the characters, they're kind of flat, especially the main character, I thought. And honestly, the whole, like, there's robots, but they have feelings thing, I feel like I've seen done better elsewhere. So, you know, it was kind of like the Seinfeld isn't funny thing where since that movie came out you know other films have built upon the foundations so you know it wasn't terrible definitely the visuals the best part um and i did not give a rat's about any of the characters
1: i gotta say james i'm wincing slightly as i hear you say those things (laughs) because uh i mean while i'll never say blade runner is a film for everyone i do quite like the journey of bats Watts, whatever his name is the main android see see i'm clearly an expert on the movie
0: like the villain
1: yeah the villain villain inverted commas as he yeah
0: see the villain's the best character yeah i like a lot Deckard I don't think is a great character uh the main girl interest I don't think was great yeah
1: Rachel Rachel is less interesting but I've always believed that Harrison Ford's character uh Deckard is meant to be kind of boring and depressed and not as interesting as the villain because the whole point is is that in his endless pursuit of murdering Uh, what he perceives as merely machines, he's kind of lost his humanity. And at the same time, this supposedly evil android on his quest has become more human than Deckard could possibly claim to be, despite him, you know, supposedly being a machine. So I thought that that contrast was always intentional. And I think that the character of Deckard is certainly similar to the one in the book in that way
0: yeah i felt like the the narrative was pushing this idea that like all the humans were less humane than the you know the the androids who still had their freedom or whatever but the like mm-hmm. to me it kind of failed at presenting this like contrast between man and machine and it was more like a commentary on the idea that You know, these these replicants, they are social outcasts, basically, right? And because they're social outcasts, they're kind of not, they're not tied to the social contract like everyone else is like I feel like when you get more indebted to your society and you have people who rely on you it kind of strips away your freedom in a way because like these androids they don't have any of that they can you know steal and kill and do whatever the hell they want and there's this kind of like freedom in these short-lived people um that's you know noticeably absent in the the main cast of characters or you know the regular people who are kind of like borderline slave labor to their corporate jobs. Um, and I felt that was more of a commentary on, I guess, capitalism and society and that kind of thing than it was effective at the man versus machine angle.
1: Yeah, there's always a sense of ambiguity there, but the idea is that the Nexus units are punished for wanting to exist, basically. If they don't want to be slave labor, whether they're sex bots or you know, basically slave labor mining minerals, if they want to exist and experience things, they're deemed faulty and they're murdered or retired, as they say. So I've always felt that it's kind of justified in some sense that we should be on their side. But the ambiguity comes in the fact that they freely murder humans. And I think it's best demonstrated in keep complete disregard for animals, because that's really the big thing in these books that Animals in the world of Blade Runner uh, have almost a sacred quality to them because all animals have nearly gone extinct and the androids casually kill them without seeming a thought for uh, for their lives. But, you know, that's, that's what makes Cyberpunk interesting, I think. It's never a clear-cut answer, um, even though I do you know, I'm more sympathetic to the replicants than you seem to be.
0: Uh, I gotta be honest, I was more sympathetic to the replicants. Actually, I just think the whole premise of this entire thing is just so stupid. I gotta be honest, like, we made life and then we gave these policemen, you know, the ability to kill them without consequence at all. It's like, it's just so unrealistic and inhumane to me. Like, I just, I can't get behind... The idea of the Blade Runners themselves, like anybody who has the ability to create, you know, life to this degree would understand that you know there's really no reason why these beams wouldn't be under the same law and jurisdiction as regular people it's just so stupid i just can't get behind the base idea i think is my biggest problem
1: so the resolution for that is i know we're talking about the film a lot (laughs) but you know settle in guys because this isn't going away is that Tyrell is the one who gives them life. Tyrell's your mad genius who wants his creatures to to live and experience humanity and he keeps advancing their intelligence perhaps far beyond what he needs to to have them be an effective slave labor force because he wants to basically create and birth life. But The government isn't very happy about this, and so they get the Blade Runners to deal with them. And there's a tension between Tyrell's corporation and the government um, that is maybe causing a lot of what you perceive to be silliness. Yeah,
0: I think it's just ridiculous. Like, I feel like (laughs) the moment some mad genius made you know an android of this caliber like the government would be like all right we're gonna pass some laws and we're going to immediately decide whether these things are or are not under the same you know are human basically and just to me like well they're not that that's
1: that's what the government has passed and in fact in the story they're banned from earth they're only allowed in outer space yeah so
0: what's the justification for them not being considered human
1: uh basically intelligence levels uh it, the whole idea in this story is that the next 6 models are like the brand new top of the line models that are more intelligent harder to distinguish from humans the earlier models were far more distinctly not human you know they were you know how there's an uncanny valley? The other androids basically existed in the uncanny valley so that you could easily identify them as um.
0: Do as we see androids. those in the then, movies? I, don't, I feel like... Uh, no. No, okay. no we,
1: we only see the Nexus 6s, but they talk about these earlier models a lot. So it's kind of cutting-edge stuff, these Nexus 6 models, because Tyrell, his ambitions are to get them closer and closer to to reality. Even if that's not necessarily in the best interests of um of the governments and many of the people who live in these societies yeah see
0: i guess i feel like again we have this problem where you have a cool book that's turned into a movie and i gotta say i just i hate movies and i hate movie adaptations of books just because like Mm -hmm. everything that's often interesting about media is often stripped away and condensed into this like fun for the whole family action flick (laughs) you know it's like the whole time i was watching i was like this movie is it's touching on interesting ideas but it never goes anywhere with them and i felt like in the entire two hour runtime, like. I got less out of the film than I would have gotten out of reading some dude's two-minute comment on the internet about the film.
1: I, and honestly, what you said there—that is a very fair criticism of the film, because a lot of the logistics of what I'm talking about is only, I guess, clearer in some of the extended reading. If you watch the sequel, it's clearer. And you know, maybe if you play the game, it's clearer. <laughs> which, uh, which I think brings us to the actual topic of this episode, yeah. which is in a review <laughs> of the Blade Runner film. As much as I'd love to keep Poor talking about it. 4 out of 10 okay. <laughs> but Blade Runner The Game, also known as Blade Runner Brackets 1997. Uh, but before we get into our discussion of Blade Runner, um, if you haven't listened to us before, we are not a movie podcast. We are a retro video game podcast called Retrospectives. In each every fortnight, what James and I do is we discuss and review a classic game of the past from a modern perspective. So this is not a nostalgia podcast. We're not here to discuss and understand games and the context in which they were created. We simply want to know, is this game still worth your time to play today? Sometimes it will be, sometimes it won't be. Most often, it's a mixture of the two. So we try and cut through the hype, cut through the nostalgia, and get to the heart of what the experience of actually playing these video games is like. So Blade Runner 1997, it's a point-and-click adventure game developed by Westwood Studios, most notably of Command and & Conquer and Red Alert fame, first released in, shockingly, 1997. Uh, most recently, we saw a, rele- a re-release of the game, a remaster, which was called an Enhanced Edition, came out a couple of months before this episode, and it was a complete disgrace, not just in what it looks like and how it plays, but also in the fact that the developers kind of ripped off the work of the people who were working on the scum vm engine and the remaster of this game which is not an easy thing to do on windows 10 machines luckily you can just buy the uh, original version on gog uh, even though it's the same price as the remaster and i heavily encourage you to do so so in blade runner you play as a blade runner ray mccoy and the story that you're embarking upon is a side story to the movie. So you're not, you're not playing as Deckard, you're not living his story and his experiences. But there are an awful lot of similarities. So there, I don't know if you'd call them homages or if they just wanted to get as much of the movie into this game as possible but a lot of the settings are similar, the plot's similar. There are even specific moments in this, uh, the most notable of which is you kind of put on a funny voice as you interrogate a female dancer, which in a way that's almost identical to the movie. So while it isn't the same story as the movie, there are a lot of similarities and thematic crossover with what's going on. It starts out pretty simply with an investigation into animal murder, and it spirals out of control into pursuing a group of replicants, police corruption, and even your own identity as it unfolds. So you step into the dingy streets of LA, have to gather clues and talk to people to find out who is a replicant and where those replicants are hiding. That's the basic setup of the game, and we'll get into the gameplay later, but I think the place to start is actually in aesthetics and atmosphere are you happy to start here James? i know it's not a normal point of view but i think that particularly when it comes to an adaptation of a famously aesthetic movie this is a this is a natural place to start yeah
0: i agree with that i think um when you're doing reviews for adaptations like this i think one thing that's really important is how close the game, you know, manages to imitate the the work that it's, you know, based off, right? And we did this with, you know, Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers a few years ago. Um, I would say that Blade Runner does a really good job of emulating the movie. Um, you know, they even hired the same voice actors to reprise the role of their characters from the movie in the game. Um, and you can notice that quite a bit, you know, and it was especially noticeable for me um, having watched the movie like 10 minutes before starting this one. But, you know, visually and orally, it's, it's the same. Like there's a lot of similar set pieces, um, a lot of the same sites. They've done a really good job um, in all departments, like capturing the spirit of the movie, I felt.
1: I really can't undersell it. This game is one of the best looking games I've ever seen. And I, I just straight up believe this. This game is drop dead gorgeous. I, I don't know if you're as high as I am on this game, James, but I could not believe how how good this game's environments were from top to bottom, their lighting, the way the uh, audio worked, the brush work, its ability to capture a sense of place uh, so well to make such a believable looking location honestly hats off uh, one of my it's now one of the most beautiful games i've ever seen
0: yeah and i think um maybe your bias <laughs> towards the um the film might be showing here and my bias against <laughs> it will be showing here because i'm not as high as you are i do mm-hmm. think that it looks good still like i think it holds up well um something that i personally like is they've gone these kind of weird they're not strictly voxel based character models there's like a bit more going on underneath the hood than that but that's the easiest way to like you know surmise it um the character models look like people and they have quite a realistic art style but it hasn't aged as horribly as I think a lot of Um, older titles that go for realism have I think it's to do with the like low level of detail on the characters especially the faces you don't have like a heap of detail you can kind of see like you know the shadows of their eyes and nose and their mouth but you know to me this does not have the uncanny valley effect that something like uh you know when we did When we did Ecstatica, for example, those character (laughs) models are a bit ridiculous. And even in the CG cutscenes, I felt a bit uncanny and it feels a bit weird. Um, But like in-game, you know, the low detail but realistic character models still work really well for me. Um, And I do like the backgrounds a lot. Um, I would say, you know, know, something like Resident Evil looked better than this for sure. But pre-rendered backgrounds like this will always look good. Um, And I still think it holds up pretty well, but more importantly, um, captures the vibe of the movie to a T. Um, so, re- regardless of visual fidelity, I think if it achieves that, you know, fans of the movie are going to like it. Which you know, you clearly do, right?
1: Yeah. Well, the character models are. I, I'm not. I don't love the character models, but I accept your point that it's almost in, like an impressionistic painting. Like, yeah, you don't need to perfectly render these characters realistically. You just kind of give the impression of them, and that's enough for your imagination to do the rest. I want to drill down on exactly why I think that the atmosphere of this game is so incredible and, you know, it's the sound and everything. So so just talking about visuals for a second, the game that came to mind when I was playing through this was Police Nauts, uh, which, you know, is a 2D, anim, you know, anime style uh, visual novel with, you know, pre-drawn slash pre-rendered backgrounds. And what police noughts often did to bring a scene to life was it would have just a bit of animation, like smoke coming from the vents. And I think this game kind of expands upon and in some ways perfects that technique because you do have more dynamic and interesting and detailed movement without it becoming overwhelming. Like you'll have the smoke coming from the vents, a rotating fan... The flickering of the neon signs, like extremely well done, to the point where every single scene you walk in, I feel it like it's just got exactly the right amount of animation to bring those scenes to life, to make them not seem still. Kind of like like Siberia is another game we've played with pre-rendered backgrounds, and while that is a gorgeous vista, they were static images, and I think Blade Runner's more vibrant uh, backgrounds do it a lot of justice.
0: I'm thinking of Siberia 1, and I think I prefer that just because the whole, like, (sighs) strange clockwork European aesthetic to me is just more interesting, I guess.
1: Okay, The, the details of the aesthetic.
0: Yeah, I get your point, and I kind of agree um it's like there's just enough there to bring the scene to life without being overwhelming probably my favorite was is anima row um where the fish market and the the bug shop is um i felt that that was pretty cool
1: particularly when you get to the sewers it gets less interesting i'll give you that
0: i actually liked the sewer like the main crossroad actually
1: man I, i i guess the thing that's always fascinated me i mean there's many things that fascinate me about cyberpunk but it's this idea that technology doesn't actually make things better for people like LA is still Los Angeles like the the city and its essential character hasn't changed it's just we've popped popped a bunch of kind of technology and glitz over the top and I think that this game and you know you're probably right that I'm just you know love how it emulates the movie so closely but I think that it captures that Atmosphere, and it's one that I enjoy and, and and like engaging with. But if you don't like the rendition of dingy and dirty streets contrasted with technology, you probably won't love the look of this game as much as I do.
0: Man, I'm looking back through screenshots of Siberia 1 and I'm like, this game looks so much better than Cyber uh, th- Yeah, I, and- yeah, what yeah, what I just know? can't <laughs> get behind that. I, I think, I mean,
1: don't get me wrong, I like how Siberia looks. I just think that Blade Runner is in a league of its own. Like, I hold it in extremely high regard.
0: I think it's fine I think it does look a bit dated and rough around the edges in place like as much as I like this impressionist style for the characters um they are a bit like on bigger screens that you know they have lost a lot of their luster over the years and you can kind of there are some awkward animations that play at weird spots um I I don't think you know, it's without its flaws. But on the whole, you know, it's my favorite part of the game is the way it looks. So So
1: the thing is, for me, how it looks is only half the equation. The other half is sound. And I think that the sound and the audio plays a critical part in setting this atmosphere. For example, you have the omnipresent rain, you have the buzzing of neon signs, you have police sirens in the background, you have the ambient noise of the cr- of the crowds you have the music emanating from you know the the fake sushi shop and i just feel like the way these sounds are layered and in particular the way the sounds become more muted and have different texture to them as you transition from screen to screen is a tremendous part of setting this atmosphere um One of my favorite details, it's a tiny detail. uh, You know the area where there's the used car shop and the arcade? Yes. When you, it's raining outside. When you move into the used car, salesman, the rain continues, but it's hitting the roof. So it's a completely different sound than oh, when you were cool. standing outside. I didn't outside. notice that at
0: all, to be honest. Um, it, it, do-
1: it does it all over the game. Like When you move from place to place, you can often hear the noise of the previous area kind of in the background in a different composition. And yeah, I, I just think the sound uh, is a really important part of the puzzle here in, um, in setting this atmosphere.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I think that the voice acting as well is quite good generally. Um, I think some Mm. of the characters, it's interesting because some of the characters who are in the movie, like in the movie, I didn't think their voice work was great. But like with a with an adaptation, it's almost better to have mediocre voice actors reprise their role than to replace them with like good voice actors, right? Because it's more true to the original, mm. um, and so I think that yeah. helps a lot with the immersion. They did a good job of taking you like around to the places that the movie had. I think that this game, you know, timeline-wise, is set during the movie. Even
1: it is. It's very confusing. Like it's it heavily overlaps. Yeah, in a whole and
0: bunch of you can ways. see Deckard's character from the back because, of course, they couldn't pay for Harrison Ford. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like a very obvious uh, budget constraint that they. Tried but they wanted to include it in a few little photos. Um, I guess the strange, uncanny vibe during the is it the Voinkampf test. Yeah, test? yeah, Voinkampf, yeah, the Voinkampf test, and um, during the the enhance um sections <laughs> was pretty great as well. I felt like I was actually quite impressed that they managed to like really capture the feel of enhance you know <laughs> into the gameplay right like it just works yeah. exactly as you know it would in the movie mm.
1: yeah it it honestly it's just a, a so to me Blade Runner is a movie that you turn all the lights off and you kind of like sink into the couch and just let it wash over you it doesn't have great pacing it's very slow some of the characters are kind of bland but by the end of it you you've experienced something special And I have to tell you James when I first fired this game up I was like I can't play this game with the lights on. So I turned off the lights and I kind of sunk into the atmosphere and it was perfect. So as a person who's a big fan of the Blade Runner movie uh, one thing that this game does beyond reproach in my mind and you know maybe for someone who's less uh, in awe of the movie it's not beyond reproach. It captures the atmosphere and sense of place and world design and everything about the world of Blade Runner, um, that makes it special. So I'm very high on this aspect of the game, extremely high. And it sounds like you, you appreciate this aspect, even if you're not as high as I am.
0: Yeah. I think that this comes up a lot when one of us really likes a game and the other person isn't as high on it because, Mm. you know, when you're really high on a game, you really notice the details. Like I've had this experience on this show before where I've loved a game and I've spoken for like three minutes straight and then you've responded with like, yep. And that's <laughs> how, sorry, and i that's like the. Tab- I'm not a very good co-host. <laughs> well, I feel like the tables are turned now because, you know, you're going on about all this stuff and I'm like, I literally mm. didn't notice any of that. Like yeah. in my mind, like something like eternal darkness in the mansion was more atmospheric like with that soundtrack Uh, yeah and like that game probably doesn't have all this detail that you're talking about but i think that you know i'm i I didn't really like the movie so i'm not Mm. as on board and i'm not looking for these things so now that you've pointed all that out i'm like yeah actually that was there um Mm. but it didn't like jump out at me and it wasn't the kind of thing that you know it won me over like it didn't punch me in the face and say actually you do like this um <laughs> yeah it's that just, makes sense yeah. yeah i think it's the kind of thing that if you do like it you're really going to appreciate those things
1: yeah well i'm i'm glad i mean in some ways <laughs> i'm glad we played the game for this alone but there's much more to this game than just the atmosphere, James, isn't there?
0: Uh, yeah, there's running around in circles, with, <laughs> like not knowing where to go for like an hour. Yeah, lots of that. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask this of you, um, because I figured that you being more of a fan would notice more about the story. I found the story in this game fucking impossible to follow. Like, I had no idea what was going on like for like 60% of my playthrough Um, because you play as a detective and part of your role in the game is to gather clues and then, you know, make deductions and then, you know, the story kind of progresses based on what you do and I felt like I was lost half the time or I had missed an important conversation. Part of what this game does is that you can play through it multiple times and it will change quite significantly each time. And I felt like there must have been, like, continuity errors or stuff that I was missing because I felt like when I finished the game, I had seen 20% of a story that was kind of all over the place and I'd missed bits. Um, I I don't know if that's just me missing stuff from the film because i was like not super invested but no
1: really bang on james like i i think that okay so there's a number of things going on here that cause this problem so as you said there the game has a shockingly wide variety of ways in which events go down actually you know you have characters are replicants or they're not replicants depending on the playthrough you'll get some pieces of evidence or not some pieces of evidence there'll be entire scenes that play there'll be a police officer there one time and there won't be it next time he's the one who gives you access to an entire building if he's not there you can't get in the building this shit is happening constantly so the first thing to understand is that a lot of the stuff that happens in your personal story cannot by definition be tied to the major plot beats that occur it just can't because it can be different every single time and the major plot beats the cutscenes, and everything are the same every single time so what that means is that by definition all of the things that happen to you cannot really impact the major plot beats of the story until the very end in a big way So this leads to you going like, I don't really understand how all the things I did had an impact on this cutscene because it didn't actually have an impact. That was going to happen regardless. I think that this would have been mostly okay if not for the far more significant problem, which is that information is not clearly delivered to you so you know how you've got the kia system in this game james like that folder that has all your clues and cases and everything
0: yeah because this game doesn't have like a traditional point and click adventure inventory um it's just got a big database of clues that you found um and you know there's a few key differences between a traditional inventory in this system the first being that there are overlapping and redundant clues so you can get the same piece of information from multiple sources which kind of you know to me alleviates the problem of these random events almost Um, and the second Mm. is that once you use the clue in the relevant spot um, in a traditional point and click adventure that item would disappear from your inventory signaling to you that it was used here nothing happens you don't know if this clue has been used or if there's more to do with it it's just there and the result of this is that you have like 80 clues and you don't know which ones you've used or which ones you still need to use.
1: And and from a story perspective, what that means is that you're like, okay, I'm pursuing you know, I need trying to find the identity as replicant. It's like, okay, here's sixteen things next to that name, here's an interview about a car bombing, and here's a candy wrapper, and here's a Chinese takeaway box. And you're like, well, I don't really feel a story connection to this. This isn't presented in a way. I have no way to actually organize this information because it's all pre-sorted and kind of just chucked in there. So basically, your your engagement with a lot of the story, which is, you know, boils down to hunting down these replicants and, you know, deciding what to do with them, is so messily presented to you and so... I guess, not. I don't want to say unimportant or or non-impactful because there is an impact with what you do towards the end of the game, but it can be difficult on a single playthrough to understand how what you're doing in chasing these replicants and I guess the actions you take, how that ties into the plot of the game. And I think it all makes for a game that for a single playthrough is very hard to get deeply invested into. I didn't really like when you have this option to like save characters or let them go a lot of the time my reaction was like I don't really know or care too strongly one way or the other
0: yeah one one thing was that one of the characters was kind of presented as being a major villain almost um and I did not encounter that character until like a really major part involving them where at that point my main the main character um referred to them as if they'd known them forever and this was like the third meeting in the game and i you know i had no idea who this person was um mm. there was like weird continuity stuff like that i felt um one thing that really hurts it in my opinion is how almost arbitrary the triggers for certain characters appearing in certain locations feels. Um, (laughs) I don't know if you did the whole like sub quest with the cheese wheel. Um, But yeah, I followed that to nearer to its end. And then one of the characters said, okay, I got this cheese wheel from this guy at this bar. Go talk to him. So I went to the bar. There was no one there. And then I ran around in circles for like an hour until I looked up a walkthrough The walkthrough said, oh, you need to go take, like, you missed thing in this photo that you had to scan, which was like a picture of a little camera. And so I scanned the camera on the photo, and then the camera said, go talk to the bar guy to get the the tape from him. Before I got the tape from the bar guy, I went to the other bar and the NPC had spawned. Why is this trigger connected to me scanning a certain clue that's unrelated to this character? I don't know but that's how it happened to me and I had that experience two or three times in the game it was a bit frustrating because you can I like the idea that you have all of these clues and you know narratively you're kind of putting the clues together to work things out and for the most part I thought that a lot of the clues logically did work together it's when you logically put this together and then you can't actually do anything with it because the NPC hasn't spawned it's like That feels shit, to be honest. I really, really didn't like that.
1: So the other two detective games I've played in recent years are Disco Elysium and Paradise Killer. And I think both of those games do a far better job of making you feel like a detective investigating things, which is weird because the game does give you a lot of investigating to do. You know, you're picking up clues, you're talking to people and everything. But I wasn't really... I felt like I was kind of exhausting dialogue options in a lot of ways, in a similar way to what I had to do in police noughts, um, as opposed to figuring stuff out. And the element of figuring stuff out basically boils down to who do you think is a replicant or not? And that generally wasn't too difficult for me to figure out. Um, it's just that I wasn't really invested in you know, whether they were a replicant or not, because I didn't care too much one way or the other. So I don't know. I think there are some fascinating things going on here. Do you think that this game just needs to be played through multiple times to get a better understanding on how this game functions almost to to, to better understand and appreciate the story?
0: I think there is value in a game you know requiring multiple playthroughs to understand um usually the games where I valued that kind of thing after my first playthrough I have felt compelled to play the game again you know to find Hmm. that information I did not feel that way about this game you know and maybe part of that is because I'm not a huge like I just don't care for the setting or the story or whatever um so you know I guess it's more you know like people who play this game after listening to us are going to do it because they like the movie they like the book etc so i'm kind of more interested to hear like were you did you patrick feel compelled to play the game again to learn all this stuff
1: the the thing is i don't necessarily think it's about when you play this game i don't think it's about like learning the story in full i don't i don't even really think it's about that because you're you're still going to get an incomplete version like you just have all these different versions of the story that pop up i just think that it's more like is it isn't it cool that you can play a game like almost replay an adventure game where different characters are replicants or not and you have to use clues and evidence in different ways see i
0: like the idea
1: a lot i love the idea it's such a it's such a freaking cool idea but I feel like this is where the ambition is too high. And for me, it doesn't really work in practice. I just didn't really enjoy this story very much. And I know that, and and this is coming from someone who loves Blade Runner to Pieces. I think that in the moment, as I was having conversations with people, because like you said, the voice acting is great and the sense of place is great. And I'd happily talk, talk to Snake Peddler's you know in any day of the week like i enjoyed all these conversations but when it came to does this game uh story work coherently on the whole to me the answer is no it doesn't
0: when um i kind of find this is an interesting like comparison point um i when you were a kid pat did you ever play any of the humongous entertainment games like pajama sam and putt putt saves the zoo that kind of thing spy fox you never played those okay so those were like were they for mac or something no they were for windows they're probably on mac as well but they're like kids point and click adventure games they're kind of like edutainment games almost um right and they had randomized um progression where every time you played the game uh you needed to fulfill a different set of conditions to beat it Mm -hmm. and those games i think do a much better job at this exact same idea They don't, like the events are, they're more modular, like there's like six different blocks and they can fit together in different ways. Whereas this game I feel like it's got like a hundred little bits that can all be randomly different. Um, and the result of that randomization may or may not be a coherent story like I don't think it's necessarily a case of I need to play this game three times to understand everything it feels like you just need to get lucky with your dice roll to see you know if you roll a coherent narrative or not you know
1: Yeah. And I think that for some people playing through this game, they'll be like, well, that doesn't matter for me. I just want to experience an adventure in the world of Blade Runner. For me, it was an issue. I I wasn't very invested in this story. And even though it touched on some interesting themes, I mean, at the same time, I just felt like, wouldn't it be better if this game had a coherent story? Like, If instead of there being a zillion different outcomes, there weren't a zillion different outcomes and they just tried to tell a better story and that would have been a better game. So, I mean, certainly for a singular playthrough, but it would have been a more engaging and emotionally interesting experience to me
0: yeah i kind of agree with that um but let's go to a music break now and then we can do a bit more about the like what you're actually doing in the game and maybe a final little touch up on the story because i got one more question for patrick um Mm -hmm. patrick suggested to me um that we do (laughs) some ambient noise and he said we've never done this before and i said patrick we always play ambient noise as the, as the, um, the music break. Um, and, I reckon, <laughs> and I reckon that there's one track that plays when you're in your apartment balcony that's way better than all the other music in the game. Not that the rest of the music's bad by any means, um, but I just thought it's so fantastic. We have to use that as the music break. So depending on whether Patrick finds a good bit of ambience for me is what you're going to hear or not, it depends on what we're going to play for you next. So this is either ambience or uh, you know, apartment music.
1: We can always sneak in the ambient music at the end, James. I'm happy to do that. Let 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 the people listen to their to their music.
0: Mm-hmm. Enjoy. So that was the apartment music, um, and we'll play some, maybe some ambient track at the end.
1: We we should talk a bit about the music, James. What did you think of
0: it? Uh, that one track was exceptional, um, and I can't remember any of the rest to be honest.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of surprised at the at how high people are on this soundtrack. I mean, it's it's not really surprised at this point in time because you will never find a posted soundtrack where people are actually critical of it because the people listening to it love it. I mean, I'm sure you would get mad if you just looked at what people thought of the Ape Escape soundtrack, for example, James. Yeah. But um, this soundtrack didn't work for me. It, it was fine. Um, there were some some pieces that were pretty damn good. But I think the thing that made me not love this soundtrack is the fact that I'm so bloody high on the ambient sound design. Like, I think the ambient sound design is fucking incredible and I view the music as being just one piece of that overall ambient soundscape listening back to the soundtrack by itself I was unimpressed listening to to it in game where the soundtrack is a you know part of the greater sound I'm I'm more into it
0: there is um I, I lie, there's like two pieces of music on the track that I like, the other being the one that plays near the Asian restaurant. Um, yeah,
1: the the uh, the Asian lady. Yeah, the Epsico uh, Epsychos yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I think that's good. Um and kind of hits the whole like weird, you know, America's like fear of being overtaken by Asia in the future thing that they had going on in the eighties and nineties, you know. Um I thought it was fine, like those two songs are great, and the others were inoffensive
1: i, I think listening to the soundtrack by its by itself is a mistake yeah uh you you're gonna get the most out of the soundtrack if you play the game and you um and the soundtrack is a small part of that experience, and you'll enjoy it as part of that experience by itself, yeah, didn't really like it. it was fine, but yeah, not my not my cup of tea
0: okay, so I had one more story question for you, Patrick, and then we can go into. I mean, we've already touched on gameplay a bit, um, but one of my problems with the movie was that I felt like it touched on a lot of interesting ideas, but never went deep into any of them. Do you think that the game does a better job of this? So I'd say the
1: critical thing that um, that this game does, the thing that it dives deeper on more than anything else, is this notion of whether you are a replicant or not, and whether that matters. And over the course of the game, there's a lot of questioning and ambiguity about whether you are a replicant or not. Yeah,
0: I saw online that this is one of people's favorite fan theories about the movie. Like, is Deckard a replicant? And most people are like, no, that's nonsense. <laughs> I,
1: I need to go into explanation mode for a moment, okay? Okay. All right. So so in the book, Deckard is not a replicant. Do androids dream of electric sheep? The main Blade Runner is not a replicant. In the movie it is left ambiguous. In the director's cut, it is not ambiguous and Deckard is a replicant. And then in the sequel, uh, it reverts back to being ambiguous in a clever nod in a line of dialogue to say it doesn't matter. To me, if Deckard is a replicant, the movie misses the point of, the, the main point it's trying to make, which is that Deckard, as a human being, killing things that he only views as a machine, has less humanity than the replicants, which are ostensibly machines, but are actually expressing more life and humanity than the humans do. If Deckard is a replicant, that entire central thread is completely gone. So I hate the theory that he's a replicant. Like I hate it to my very core. I'm more on board with it being ambiguous, but to me, he needs to be a human for the movie to end the book to make the most sense and i
0: actually completely agree with you and i think that the idea that he is is nonsense and you know as you said subtracts. yeah it subtracts from the themes of the movie um yeah so i felt like this kind of inclusion for the game was almost like the developers trying to like make it real (laughs) well and
1: i listen i think they do succeed i actually think that um in a lot of ways, uh, a video game, which can give you choices as the active player, is a really good avenue to explore this central question, and it does it in a very interesting and layered way over the course of your journey. You know, with the with the machine and the decisions you make um, over the course of the game. So, I actually think that this central question of whether you're a replicant or not is fine and actually a good thing to explore in the context of a video game and is the best place to do it out rather than the movies or the book or anything like that
0: i um i saw this comment somewhere that kind of said that part of the reason that the game doesn't make any sense narratively is because if you're a replicant half of those memories are like implants and not real um Mm. and i was like that's a very convenient way for, to not <laughs> go about and make sure that everything makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is convenient. Yeah, isn't so it? convenient. Yeah.
1: Uh, that's quite funny. I mean, there's there's an argument to be made for kind of dream logic, but i I don't think the game lives in that realm for the most part. Like, there are a couple yep. of things that are weird, but it's not enough that you could say, yes, this is a dream. I mean, th- th- this is the whole problem. Because what then if you think that he's a human? Mm. Like, it's that, that whole argument falls to pieces. So, I don't know. I, I think the incoherence of the story set aside, I think the exploration of this theme was a, was a valid one to do in this video game. And it was kind of interesting to see the panic set in as the game moves into its final acts
0: yeah i i still just it's just
1: vagrant story wasn't it (laughs) that's what i kind of thought it's like it's not it's it's not uh what what happens in the past whether your memories are real or not it's what you choose to do now that really matters man i
0: i like vagrant stories plot a lot more than i like the plot in this game i gotta be honest um i mean ashley had implanted memories yeah
1: mccoy had implanted memories it's just it's the just same the same thing right yeah
0: it's the same thing uh, <sighs> man that game had some good cin- cinematography in it if only blade runner was as good as vagrant Stories*. oh come off it <laughs> mate <laughs> uh, uh, well let's talk some more about the gameplay uh something i was getting very frustrated with this game i actually think that more than the regular point and click adventures it was hard to figure out what to do in this game you know part of that problem is the thing i mentioned before where like in a traditional point and click adventure what's left in your inventory kind of signposts what you should like you know you've got like a match stick so maybe you should light something on fire when you have like 70 clues it's like i have no direction that's how i felt like half the time playing this game
1: yeah so so the way this game works on a basic level is that something happens at the beginning of the act you go to that scene you pick up all of the clues you speak to a person and you then you'll get some kind of indication as to what to do next like the clue will point you to a location. If you get a some video camera footage, uh, you can go back and investigate that uh, the, the photos by enhancing them to get more clues and so on and so forth. And it basically works up to the point where you, I guess, like the midpoint of this investigation, because, you know, you're following these different threads, you're trying to track people down, and then you're like, okay, but I've missed a step somewhere. What do I do? I don't know what to do. I was investigating these threads. I kind of feel like I've taken them to that logical end and I don't know how to trigger the next thing. What do I do? So what you do, James, as I'm sure you're very familiar with, is you literally, you have two options. You can go to literally every single location, pixel hunt every single location to make sure you didn't miss anything, speak to every single person to make sure you didn't miss a dialogue option, And you do that over and over again until you randomly stumble upon the one thing that you have forgotten to do. Yep. The other option is to look up a walkthrough. And I'll tell you what, James, after stumbling about for 30 minutes, I started using the look up walkthrough option more and more.
0: Now, I agree, but I often found that this method wasn't actually as helpful as I thought it was going to be because of how randomized the game is like it's actually
1: it's a nightmare isn't it it's hard (laughs) to find a
0: walkthrough that is kind of like close to what you're doing in game like i found like five walkthroughs and one of them was useful to me yeah
1: i eventually found one that had like separate paths but it's just in like a big notepad document so it's not particularly well organized and also there are variations upon like it's not just like there are three paths there are like 17 paths it's very very hard to figure out what path you're even on and where it deviates
0: I really really tried to do option one run around and just click on everything for ages I gotta say this game is so slow this game is horrifically slow when you're stuck Um, Something that new or like even semi-modern point-and-click adventures do is that when you double click on an exit, it skips the animation and you immediately teleport to the next screen. This game does not do that. Um, Double clicking just makes you jog towards the screen slowly. Um, And I don't know if you noticed this, Patrick, but if you um, mash the left click, you actually sprint. Um. So to go as, oh, no, as fast as you can you have to mash the left click button constantly everywhere. Unless no. it was just placebo and it wasn't actually but I'm pretty sure that that was happening to me. It's especially bad when there's stairs because you need to watch a very long animation of your character walking up the stairs or you know the one
1: where i went up to the uh the twins uh, yeah yeah Uh, it got flashbacks to siberia i don't know if you remember the stair climbing in that game
0: no i don't remember it being anywhere near this bad like when i was stuck and i had to run from one side of the city the other like i was sitting on my phone like waiting for the animations to play like it's (laughs) very (laughs) very slow and very infuriating
1: also did you go into the hall of mirrors
0: at any point yeah 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 i got i got flashbacks of um remember when we did freelancer yes and you just had to fly from one planet to the other and it would take like literally eight minutes
1: there's this location (laughs) called the hall of mirrors and when you go into it you cannot exit out of it it makes you exit through the far side and it takes literally two minutes for you to run through this maze two minutes that's the only exit it's like an elaborate prank the developers have played on you oh, it's it, you, you
0: immediately went back to do it again right that's all. yeah it's good fun yeah good fun yeah at least freelancer had sweet atmosphere and music i mean i guess this game has sweet atmosphere but not in that room
1: basically james i guess it's particularly frustrating because i think that and this ties into the atmosphere of the game. Like I was enjoying being in this city and talking to people a lot. Like I really was. And when I was kind of exploring all these different locations, talking to people, feeling like I was making bits of progress here and there, returning to the police station, uploading my images, you know, zooming in, finding a new clue going cool, I'll return to this place and talk to this person. I didn't mind the game at all, in fact it was it was super, super engaging and I was really enjoying the game. But as you said, when you get stuck it all starts to fall apart and the illusion starts to break. The other point I wanted to raise, the difference between a game like this and some modern puzzle games like Outer Wilds, Paradise Killer like I said before, Hypnospace Outlaw. These are open, these are investigative games, they're modern investigative games, but they're far more open-ended in how you can go about things. They don't choke point you. So if ever you get frustrated or you can't figure out how to progress, it's okay. There's this whole other puzzle or thing to do, and maybe that will give you help in this area later on, who knows. In this game, and in a lot of these classic point-and-click games... If you do not, if you cannot figure out this one thing, nothing is happening. Nothing is happening and no progress can be made. I just feel like it's all just fundamentally flawed. Like the game, when everything is ticking along nicely, it feels so good. And then all of a sudden it comes to a grinding halt. And even for me, the atmosphere starts to suffer because you become so upset because you're just making no progress
0: absolutely and it's not like the game doesn't try to alleviate this issue like there are concurrent plot threads happening at the same time and at some points in the game you can do multiple things at once it's just that like there are these choke points like me in the bar camera or yeah. um you know other things where you just might not find them and then suddenly you're stuck in this agonizingly painful loop you can't like find what you're doing even if you look up a walkthrough (laughs) it's difficult (laughs) you might you
1: might still be suffering (laughs) yeah
0: Yeah. like honestly like near the end of the game i just gave up like about act three or four onwards i just left the walkthrough and was like fuck it i'm not having fun with this game it's just infuriating i was happy at the start when there's like a few things you can do and you're not getting gated but the moment the game just doesn't let you progress because you the NPC isn't spawning or yeah it's just and the characters I feel like in other games they give you hints when you get stuck one of the things that I really hate about this game is with the you know you have photos and you can investigate the photo to find clues by zooming in or enhancing the different bits of the photo I feel like any other game would you know the main character would say a voice line once you'd found everything there was to find in the photo? There is zero indication whether this photo has one or eight clues hidden in it or whether you've found any of them, and you can like miss things very easily um i the one that I got stuck on finding the camera at the bar, even when I looked up a fucking YouTube video of some guy finding this clue. I was like squinting at my giant monitor and being like that's too blurry to be recognizable as literally anything like how I
1: found it I'm the best I found it without help
0: (sighs) I had no idea I couldn't even see it when I was looking at it I just like was dragging in the general area How,
1: how did you um how did you feel about the uh photograph enhancing in general do you think it was a fine mechanic or did you think it didn't really work
0: i think it suited the investigation like perfectly it's like something that you you know the characters would do in the movie it's something that you know a detective would do um i liked that there was this you know the camera swung around and like at an angle that wasn't in the photo because it's like (laughs) ai figuring it out or something i don't know i thought that was pretty funny
1: I um I I quite liked it. I thought it was a thought it was a good addition. Even if at some stage it felt like I you know spent a lot of time you know zooming in on things that weren't anything. But in principle, I I think it's a pretty cool idea. It was pretty fun to mess around with. Yeah, um, I
0: liked I liked the inclusion of the camera. I liked the inclusion of the test. The test did feel like you were... Can, okay. I didn't get the test.
1: I'm gonna I'm just gonna straight up admit it. I tried to do several tests. I had no fucking idea what I was doing at any point. Same. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I I thought there was some trick like I kept trying to ask like a series of low intensity questions and immediately ramp up to a high one and I'm like what am I looking for in the eye? Like, There's is it not meant to be very like the much movie? feedback at all? Like, I, th- the, I think the only it felt thing so is random. <laughs> you
0: can't ask too many high intensity ones, or they get mad and leave the test early. But yeah, yeah. I, I
1: don't know. I feel like that, that was a gameplay thing at some point, but it doesn't get explained at all. I even downloaded the PDF of the manual to see if it would explain it, and it doesn't explain it. It just says, yeah, so you can calibrate it and then ask different questions to find out if they're a replicant or not i'm like i do not have the training for this device what does calibrate even mean i don't know james (laughs) like it's so fucking confused there's no explanation of it like i I didn't look up an explanation there probably is some rhyme or reason behind it but the fact that there's no attempt to explain it at all to the player is baffling it's going to be in quite a cool part of the game as well
0: yeah well i mean i like that they included it and the questions did fit you know the questions from the film i felt also
1: half the characters when i tried to administer the test they just run away it's like why is this even in here i've used it like twice (laughs) Twice. the entire game yeah yeah
0: well maybe they were like we don't want the player doing it that many times because it's not very well fleshed out and they'll notice Uh, maybe
1: (laughs) so uh, all of this is to say it's funny because you know I've often said and often expressed my disdain for traditional point and click adventure puzzles. I feel like when this game is working, like I said, it's great. But when it's not working, it's, it's worse. worse.
0: Yeah, it's. I thought I was going insane. Like everywhere, like you said when you picked this game, like this game has this inventory that fixes the problem. And yeah, then, I d- and then well, I watched. This is what I I've watched- read and I watched Randall's review and he's like this is so much better than a traditional point and click and I'm like what the fuck are these people smoking
1: (laughs) basically either we're like it's possible we're stupid right it's possible we're stupid and there's a way that people understand this game's gameplay on a level that is beyond our comprehension or it's not actually as good as people say and I'm leaning towards that but you know I'm 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 interested to see what other people have to say because for me the gameplay of this game was not very good and I think that there is a version of this game that could be good if there was a better clue database if it gave me agency over actually sorting and organizing my clues maybe that would have done it because then I could dismiss all these stupid things like the you know candy wrapper once I understood what it does (laughs) but the game as presented it felt like I was either exhausting all of the dialogue options and um clicking on every clue to make the plot go forwards or I didn't know what to do and yeah when when, (laughs) in some ways police Nods at least you knew that if you clicked on every dialogue option that you would move to the next scene (laughs) it didn't feel like I even had that guarantee here
0: I wonder how important this is to people who like the game because
1: well it it should be important like you have to do all this stuff and maybe it's one of those things where when you get to your third playthrough you have a better understanding of the triggers and so you don't get stuck in the same way that we were doing so maybe if you've played through the game enough you just kind of have a gut feeling for what it is you need to do and where you need to go.
0: Now that I think about it, there was this one thing that weirded me out a bit about the, the game. Um, whenever you encountered a dead body or you killed somebody, if you clicked on the body, the main character would just go like, Grace. Ew, Gross. <laughs> And then, like you change, like you leave the room and come back, and it's gone. Like it's like you just shot a guy. There's no like paperwork. There's no nothing. Like the cops in this city, they have they can do whatever the fuck they want.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was like, why are we not, you know, looking at their corpse, you know,
0: for when that one and that other belongings? I thought that was going to be like a cutscene of them dealing with the fallout of it. No, there was nothing. The game well, that's just because- kept going.
1: I mean, when you shoot, to be fair, when you shoot a replicant, there shouldn't be any Fallout because they're just machines. That's why they retire them. I feel like like
0: they should at least confirm it's a machine. (laughs) <laughs> like <laughs> we don't even do that. They're like, is he a replicant? All right, All right James. I yes. guess, uh that is, that is a good point. <laughs> that is worth confirming. <laughs> uh, yeah, fair enough.
1: <laughs> there isn't much ceremony, is there? <laughs> no,
0: nothing. <laughs> Maybe
1: if you do shoot them, they become a replicant, and that's how you know it's a just killing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so James, oh, how did you feel about the shooting? By the way, did you think it was top tier FPS gameplay
0: uh, i didn't do it very much but the one time i engaged with another person with a gun i had to reload the save a couple times
1: <laughs> did Did you shoot the rats
0: oh my god the rat with the bridge <laughs> uh, that's a puzzle it's a puzzle i guess <laughs> i don't the there's no logic behind it like because i got up to that bit and because there's like there's this plank of wood that you have to cross and as you're crossing it a big rat appears And if you shoot the rat too early and it dies, even if it's not on the plank of wood, when you step on the wood, the wood will break. Now, if you wait for the rat to get to the middle of the wood and you shoot it, now the wood doesn't break, even though it's got this big heavy rat dead in the middle of it. I'm just like, what the f-
1: Yeah, it makes perfect sense.
0: Yeah, I guess it's a, you know, an anti-gravity rat, right? Like, (laughs) it's like holding it up. This is (laughs) sci-fi.
1: Also, I got beaten to death a lot. There was this one bit where the evil guy shows up on the other side of a cage and then you can't shoot him. He just kind of walks up to you and kills you and you have to run away from him and that's the only time in the game where you can't actually shoot them. I'm like, man, this is a cool game. The sh- the shooting in this game is bad. I mean, I, I get why it's in there, but... Uh it's just 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 pretty bad just doesn't add much like in it in some ways it needs to be there but it's not particularly interesting no
0: all right i think we're getting a pretty consu- i think we're getting a pretty similar opinion on this game at this point um mm-hmm. did you want to give us your final impressions patrick
1: I do and uh, as I mean I know I've been saying this a lot but this is a hard game to decide you know whether to recommend it or not it's funny I think that if you do love the um this is a game that I don't regret playing like I fucking loved how this game looked and sounded and felt to immerse myself in the world and in that sense I guess I got to give it a recommend James specific and when i give it a recommend i'm recommending it specifically to people like me who love the movie and love the world because i think that this game just completely nails it and even outside of its attachments to the Blade Runner universe. I just think that so much effort has been put into making this immersive experience that I, yeah, I just loved it. I had I had such a good time. The gameplay is fucking shit. Like it's just not good. There are elements of it that are really interesting um, I like a lot of the concepts behind it, I think that the multiple plot lines are a fascinating kind of concept that should be explored further, but in practice I really didn't enjoy the gameplay. When this game was playing like a visual novel almost that played itself when I had all the evidence and I was ambling around and I was making bits and pieces of progress, I loved it to pieces. The moment the gameplay reared its ugly head and I couldn't make progress, I hated it and it sucked the atmosphere and enjoyment out of the experience. So I wouldn't recommend this to anyone who hasn't seen the film to start with and who doesn't, you know, really love the Blade Runner universe. And even then, when you sink into it, you're probably not going to have a great time in some regard, but you can't get the experience by watching a video. You need to play it. And in that sense, it's got to be a recommend because the only way to get the enjoyment of the experience is to turn off all those lights, start playing at 11 p.m. at night and just let it wash over you. So it's a recommend but it's a specific recommend and it's a recommend with the understanding that if the bad gameplay is a deal breaker i totally understand it so yeah very interesting game glad i played it but man it's it's a game of two distinct halves to me
0: we finally did it we found a game that patrick likes despite hating the gameplay
1: i know i'm just <laughs> we like, finally I'm found just... the
0: one that <sighs>
1: i'm i'm almost like reluctant to admit it but i i just think that it's so it's that good
0: before we started this show this was like an argument we had all the time was how can you re- yeah. like a game if you don't like the gameplay we finally oh, but... found the one it's, it's like a milestone at, but at <laughs> least i'm
1: admitting that the gameplay is bad right like that gives me some some credit right and it
0: is bad and you know from the perspective of somebody who wasn't a huge fan of the film like it was just okay I got absolutely nothing out of this game I think that I think that as a movie tie-in this game is like a 10 out of 10 adaptation of what the film stands for like I personally wasn't a fan of the film but I know that people who liked the film are probably gonna like this like they get the same voice actors, they take you to the cool locations in the movie. I think this game does a fan-fucking-tastic job of adapting the film, um, even with its own like unique story that runs parallel to it. I think all oh, that's great. If you don't like that, the gameplay is just so bad that there's literally nothing here for you. So Um, I think that if you like the film, this is probably worth checking out at least. I do agree with Patrick that the atmosphere is great, um, that the adaptation is great. The gameplay is really, really bad. Um, and I specifically would say that if you are looking into this game you probably should play through it more than once Pat and I only did you know the single playthrough and I feel like you know we missed something by doing that Um, I feel like there's probably more here if we gave it another go I probably wouldn't get stuck um, and I probably would be able to enjoy the good bits a bit more but you know as somebody who you know was kind of okay on the film i just it's it's not for me, um so I can't give this one a recommend unless you're a huge huge fan of the film
1: and it's hard because like when I think of the idea of a second playthrough like I kind of want to, and then I think of the reality of getting stuck, and all of a sudden the will to replay it kind of drains away <laughs> like if you could honestly, if there was a walkthrough of this game that you could reliably you know, that you could rely on to be 100% accurate. I would almost play it like that. But the problem with that is that that kills the atmosphere in a lot of ways as well. Just spending every three seconds to look up a text document. Yeah, man,
0: when I played those, you know, humongous entertainment games like Freddy Fish and pajama sam you know what those games had you could press f1 at literally any time and it would tell you like what random story you would generate it and how to solve things if you got stuck uh, what a what a fucking
1: casual games <sighs> i just i feel like this <laughs>
0: game would be better if there was literally like an arrow like a like a literal like skyrim arrow (laughs) pointing you where to go like i would have had more fun if i was well yeah
1: if if that was if that was a toggle if it was just like you, you play the game and then you're like i don't know what to do and then you know you can press a hint system and it says oh you're missing a piece of evidence from this scene or you need to talk to this person
0: if you're wandering about for like 30 minutes and just have the main character be like maybe i should check this building like that and like not tell you the exact thing but just point you in the right direction please or,
1: or just have characters you know not not for me my main problem was finding uh lucy i kept having to walk in and out of the building leave the area come back to the area and eventually i got her to spawn
0: for me it was the comedian dude man the comedian dude for me was there immediately uh he was not there for me yeah okay. ages like i had to kill like or actually i didn't i i think i was a replicant sympathizer at the end um i looked all right. i killed the other cop and let the all the replicants go yeah i was not a sympathizer <laughs> you just gunned them all down
1: well no i didn't i didn't gun them all down some of them got gunned down <laughs> <so>. <laughs> my path was set i think mm. yeah. it's hard james like it, i i get it i'm very conflicted about this one but you know like i said do not regret playing it so it was a good choice and I'm glad you suffered through it. It makes me feel <laughs> I'm glad a bit better about suffered, my choice. Yes. <laughs> Alrighty, I I think that about wraps it up. So thank you so much for everyone for listening to us gab on about both the Blade Runner film and the video game for the past hour or so. My name is Patrick Arthur and my co-host was James Turlings and we are the Retrospectors Podcast. You can find all of our content on our website, which is rspodcast.net. It's got all of our episodes as well as a bunch of articles that James and I have written about video games, both old and new. Also got links to all of our social media stuff, the most important of which is our Discord server. A Discord server where we do all of our community interaction. And whether you have an opinion to share about Blade Runner or you got a recommendation for a new game or just want to hang out and chill, we would love if you would swing by. Um, you know, we love talking about video games and Discord is the best place to do so with like-minded individuals. So with that all done, James, what are we playing next Fortnite? I know that you and I are both currently playing Fallout Tactics in preparation for our appearance on Retro Asylum so hopefully you've picked a short game for
0: yeah us. so we're going with another one so i thought i'd pick a game that i had already played once before um and had um you know i knew was kind of short so we're actually going to do another movie tie-in um next fortnight so we're going to be doing uh the 2005 adaptation of peter jackson's king kong Um, which was a game that released for the PlayStation 2 back in 2005 and was, you know, marketed with this idea that it was the first game or one of the first cinematic type games to have no UI whatsoever. Um, And I remember playing this game rented from Blockbuster, as many of the games I played when I was younger were. Um, And I finished it in exactly one sitting, start to finish. Um, that was probably the whole day i had a you know a much better attention span back there in some ways but um i remember immensely enjoying that game um i thought they did a really good job of adapting the film and actually the gameplay you know being like a first person shooter or more like a first person spear throwing simulator was actually kind Can of fun it king kong as well yeah you do actually they're these big yeah. brawling scenes they're fun um
1: yeah see i remember reading a review of this in pc power play i think it got a 7 out of 10 so it's that kind of game a 7 out of 10 game which isn't necessarily a bad thing a lot of the time 7 out of 10s are doing something interesting
0: i thought it was better than that although you know i could be wrong you often are yeah well <laughs> <laughs> i didn't think i was wrong this week <laughs> um alrighty,
1: so thank you once again and um uh, we'll see you next fortnight for king Kong. see you then guys Oh,
0: All right.